This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. Welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Tyrion, Four of a Clash of Kings, and in our Maester study, we will be discussing Sir Talad, known as Talad the Tall, a Hedge Knight. Yeah, you know, as this chapter is really, it's more of a chapter of greed Right, mm, you know, yeah, that's just, yeah. just kind of what I was thinking, and we did find a pretty interesting uh, line that we're going to have to reference back to later. Could tie yeah, into some yeah. bigger theories. Um, it's a good chapter, you know. Yes, it go. Uh, you can, if you want the short summary version of it, it goes pretty similar to the show. But again, uh, as we keep saying, the, you know, the books are a lot bigger, a lot more expansive. There's a lot more kind of hidden nuggets, hidden details in this chapter as you as you continue to pour through it. Yeah, it's a good one. It's, it's a good one for Tyrion, and uh, you really start to kind of see, uh, he, he even to us, the reader, he keeps a lot of things close to the chest and everything, but now we start to kind of understand what he's doing and, and how he's going to uh, play the Game of Thrones here, and really, uh, in a sense, help the Lannisters and, and help them from their own, uh, fr- fr- from their enemies, which, you know, a lot of the time is, is themselves, you know, like Cersei often is is her own worst enemy, so... Uh, he's kind of working around that and combating uh, her. But, yeah, it's great. It's a good chapter. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Um, as we head on over to Small Council here, as how are you doing today, man? Uh, doing well, you know. Um, you know, Hey, you know what? Every once in a while, you, you got to get up and you got to take a shower, okay? So, you, you, uh, you gotta, every once in a while, yeah. <laughs> you know, this whole quarantine thing, uh, the, the, people are right. Don't Don't forget to do... Uh, the bare necessities and uh, yeah so feeling good feeling refreshed got my coffee and uh, we're ready to go and and honestly uh, some crazy times we said it last week and we'll say it again crazy times and and we hope that everyone uh, is staying safe out there especially in the next couple weeks because we know it's going to be really tough and and there's gonna be a lot going on but if you want to escape for a little bit and you want to go to Westeros with us um, that's totally fine but yeah it's crazy I'm doing well uh, I am I'm honestly kind of taking the whole quarantine thing up a notch and really just trying to trying to stay stay in uh, doors and safe and I'm stocked up. So, yeah, I think we're good to go. Good. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I'm doing good. Um, I want to give a, another quick shout out here to uh, Lady Ashley of House Garner from uh, Churn Ghee. She sent us that uh, ghee, you know, a while back, which is like that clarified butter. We, um, Lady Teresa and I used for the first Mead, Meat, and Cheese YouTube video, which is up. Um, as I was going through the footage, I gave her a shout out because she sent me some. And I said, yeah, I'll give you a shout out as soon as I do it. And then I remember recording it, but I, lo- I couldn't find it. Uh, yeah. in the footage so I definitely wanted to give her a quick shout out up here really quick but yeah so we did post that it is up on YouTube it was a lot of fun we did the bowl of brown uh, think about what we want to do next 
Um, you know, but right now going to the grocery store is like a crazy hassle. So yeah, uh, we're st- we're still figuring that out. Maybe just do something kind of small or easy. Maybe something just I have lying around in the pantry that I could probably make. But yeah, we're gonna get uh, another one of those. It was a lot of fun for everyone who uh you know uh, posted in the group. There's definitely some good reactions and stuff like that to it. So definitely uh, stay tuned. We'll be doing another one of those. Were, were you drinking mead during during this? Uh, I was drinking wine. Okay. Okay. There, there was some <laughs> wine and some really dark beer. So it wasn't actually that's good. That's fine. That's... mead, but there was some dark <laughs> beer and, uh, and 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 some wine. And Perfect. we were drinking wine in our Game of Thrones. We have two little wine glasses. Uh, she has one that says "Mother of Dragons," and I have one that says, "You know, I drink and I know things." Yeah, you did. <laughs> good. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking for the next one. I mean, here's here's what I'm thinking for the next one. Um, you know, this is again, it's mead, meat and cheese. I'm thinking just a variety of cheeses. What do you got in your house? You know, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're on your Mm -hmm. horse, you're headed into the wilderness and you know, you gotta, gotta stock up that cheese, cut the mold off, you know? Absolutely. Well, hey, maybe you and I will do one because uh, I am, uh, even though Ice and Fire Con was canceled, I did buy plane tickets for uh, plane tickets from Portland to Ohio, which normally costs around the 400 to, you know, $600, um, sometimes more. You know, I did buy those for a hundred dollars thanks to the airlines uh incredibly low prices. Yeah. But even though it's canceled, I am still coming back to Ohio barring, you know, that flight doesn't get canceled. Um right, right. so yeah, maybe and maybe as an out get in his new kitchen and, and fire one off. Yeah, hey, yeah, for, for sure. You, I tell you what you can be careful. I mean, tell Teresa, like, you might have to stay here for a couple weeks. You know, they might say yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Lock, we're locked down. We're man, locked so. down. Oh jeez. Yeah, so. Yeah, no. So uh, it was good. It was fun. Yeah, we were we're gonna probably do probably do something more of a dessert item next. Cool. I like it. That's good. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed watching it. So uh, that's good. Okay. Um. Well, friends. Yeah. Let's move on over here. Um. We have a couple. Uh. Some fun stuff at the end. A cool raven about the show and winds of winter theory. So stay tuned for that. But before we get there, we're gonna jump into the Maester's study. And today's real quick. It's actually really simple. Uh. In this chapter. A hedge knight is referenced, and anytime I hear about a hedge knight, I'm always just kind of curious, right? I want to go look that individual up and kind of remember, yeah, where does their arc kind of go? Because they know this, they they mention this one by name, Sir Sir, Sir Talad, uh, known as Talad the Tall, and he's really just a guy who, in this chapter, you see Bronn um, is is training some of these men. Bronn is now the captain of uh, Tyrion's, like you know, guard, right? And he's he sees other other boys training, and Sir Talad is is the best. He's one of the, he's one of the best, and it's sort of hinted at that you know, um, Bronn though does see a glaring weakness, and really his character is he sticks around for a while, and he actually becomes you know, a big uh, you know who you see him with and who he's associated with and what he's doing um, can can sort of. Um, lead you to see if you pay attention to his character you'll notice the plotting between house lannister and house tyrell later on in the series it's really really interesting to see what he does to one of the red wines and then to see you know who he is uh, is he sleeping with is he hanging out mm. with too much who, who's he talking to and stuff so his arc if you want something interesting just go look at that it's real quick uh, but it might start you to kind of think about uh, what's happening with Cersei later on when when she has to do her whole walk of shame and everything it's it's uh 
it's rather interesting. But he's cool, and he's mentioned my name. He has a cool sort of, he's got this blue checkered kind of like sigil with what with uh, three eyes. And, you know, my, my, my sigil is, is just, I've got the, the ever watchful eye, sing, you know, one mm-hmm. eye, but... So I'm not I'm not sure if he's more watchful or less watchful than me, but he does get in some trouble later. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, is is there? You think there's anything in significance to his coat of arms, which with the three eyes? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and, and again, he's he's this hedge knight who I know a weakness is pointed out. It actually made me think that that they were foreshadowing that Braun might face him at some point mm-hmm. for some reason, and I, I don't I don't know why. I was trying to think about maybe what that would. What that would be? Um, would it, would he be someone that the Tyrells used, you know, against him? Would there be some trial by combat situation or whatever where they had to fight? Because he is pretty good, and and you get the um, Kingsguard looking at him and, and sort of evaluating how good he is. And I I just don't I don't really know if he was used by Cersei or if he was being used by the Tyrells or what what the deal is there. Like like he's being monitored quite a bit. For his activity, both just with a sword and, and how how you know skilled he is, but then also uh, he's a good looking guy, and he's he's uh, with some of these other you know maidens and stuff, and and it gets a little bit murky because they're all going to get accused of some some misdoings uh, later on. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure if the three eyes is going to play into it or why he chose that yet, but I think that's a character who is still around and, and may um, play. It's going to be a small role; it's not going to be anything significant, but I think there's there's something. You know, I'd like to see where his arc kind of finishes and, and in relationship to Braun, because I, I kind of feel like the first thing Braun says about him is that he could beat him in a fight. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what, where would there be a situation where those two would fight and and why or how would that go down? So, yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And where do we where does he end up? His, his story ends up in Dance of Dragons. He's being held uh, with Marjorie Tyrell's falsely accused lovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's so that's that's where he that's where he finishes. So. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with him in the event we ever get winds of winter, which I think that convention. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That Gur is supposed to speak at is going virtual. So I think it's still happening, but it's being held virtual. Virtually Gur did post. What do you um, say? I don't think it, I don't think it was on April first, right? I, I, you know, I, I, hopefully it was. What if he had posted on April first? It's done. Well, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I would. Oh, that would be great. That would actually be great. Uh, people would just been but no, he did post. I think on the second and say, you know, I'm, I am still working on it. So at least there's that. No, he didn't on the second. Yes, he did. Oh, I think he did. Let me let me pull it up. Because here. the thing uh, is, you know, like people have always. I, I love the joke where it's like, have we been? You know, is is have we been April Fool's April, this whole April, time? April April second, he was talking about. Uh, he says April is here, though up where I am, there's still a lot more snow than flowers. The weirdness continues all around the world. You know, just kind of talking about uh, the COVID. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then he talks about you know that wild the wild card thing, the book series or whatever he works on. Um, other another world of. Uh, Related news: Conventions and festivals are getting canceled all over, all around the world, including um, San Francisco cons. Some of them, I fear, may never come back, since in some cases, uh, not all venues and hotels are refusing to, uh, to let events out of their contracts, which means you know a lot of the sponsors and stuff. So they're going to be left with a lot of debt, right? So yeah, um, so that's kind of unfortunate there he says uh the biggest news is the new zealand con right which is the one where he's supposed to stand on stage and hopefully 
show off the book is what he mm-hmm. what he's been saying for like a year um is going virtual so he just says you know a lot of people were working hard on that um i gather that pushing it back was not really the best idea for logistical reasons which meant going online was the only real alternative to, um uh, cancellation how that will work i have no idea no one does really uh it's never been done before there's technical aspects you know there's a lot there's a lot to it he says <laughs> In, if there is a silver lining in these clouds, this will give me more time to finish Winds of Winter, in all caps. I continue to write every day up here in my mountain fastness. Let, let me tell you something. Uh, like, he, everyone knows, I mean, I have said from the get-go, let this man finish. Don't rush him. I'm not in. I'm not interested in rushing him. You know, through this this story, the series. I think it's brilliant, and I want him to f- to finish it the way he wants to. Right. But I can I, I love to just, you know, you can't help yourself sometimes just to sort of think of something that's kind of funny. I see this this right. whole thing happening. Right. He has all this time to sort of write like he's going back, really perfecting it because he's a perfectionist. I mean, he will go through and cha- alter one or two words like the, the the line that you have today in today's chapter, um, w- whether it's plural or it's not plural is is actually a big deal. So whether a word is plural or not plural means something to him. And he's wanting you to pay that close of attention to this. So anyway, I, 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 you know, it's like if they if they were to cancel or push that back, it's almost like he's he's ultra explaining this to folks just in the event that like, look, guys, you know, I mean, right. it's it's not going to happen. Um, he's prepping us for that. And, you know, he's not going to do something virtually. And, and what's he going to do? He's going to Skype in and, and yeah, hold up the yeah. book and stuff, you know. Well, I mean, uh, or is he? That, that'd still be pretty great uh, to be. In It'd be awesome. Honest. But, you know, I mean, so here's the here's my thing, I guess, with Winds of Winter is. I like um, the other another aspect to this, right, is that it's been delayed for so long. I mean, almost like 10 years um, that the longer it gets, the more anticipation and the more hype and the more um, demand for it to be great uh, that comes along with it. Right. Um, You know, there's been a lot of projects that have been put on the shelf for so long and fans have been wanting it for so long that when the final product comes out, it's nowhere near as epic as the hype. Yep. yep. The the build up for it. Right. I mean, um, something that just immediately kind of comes to mind is, um, you, you know, so back in like, you know. I'm a, I'm a history guy as here, so let me let me, let me indulge you. Let me indulge yep. you in in some history, right? Okay, so you know, uh, you go back to like the early '80s and stuff like that, and you know, the band Guns N' Roses was like huge. I mean, they were like huge deal, you know, big, you know, big thing, and they were working on this this album that Chinese Democracy that was supposed to be like epic and the next big huge mega rock album, and you know, all it would have been number one on all the charts and everything. And the band broke up and then, you know, the album like was talked about and talked about and talked about for years and years and years. And then it finally came out like 13 years later and it wasn't really that great. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, that's just one thing that, yeah. that comes yeah. to my mind. There's like handfuls of books and all these other things, right. um, you know. And so I mean, it's just it's, so well, I just don't I just don't want this to I, I'm with you. I don't want this to come out and it not be as epic as he wanted it to be. Yeah, and and that's that's my thing is I I actually think the more this goes on and when he and you said this to me and I'm just gonna well okay I'll say it I do think 
he okay if he if he is currently writing right now people can say well he's not going to be influenced by whatever you're influenced by everything around you like like as he gets older he learns more maybe a different technique something he read in with another series or he did something somewhere else and he's like that works that would fit i mean if it makes his story better and it helps him accomplish his end goal i think he's going to do it I, I still think his end goal is the same, but it's just pulling that off, and it's it's sort of taking the reader on a ride um, that they don't expect. You know, those twists and those turns. The first time you're on a roller coaster, and you don't really know what which way it's going to go after you ride that same coaster for a while. Okay, yeah, I, you know, I get it. It's still thrilling, uh, and it's it's a rush. But yet he wants this to land for the that first time through, and he's really he knows people have been analyzing this and theorizing and stuff. So I think he's going to do something. I, I think th- something mm-hmm. is going to catch all of us off guard. It's going to be something that none of us expected. And that's what I think he's looking for. And it's if he's able to pull that off, then it's sort of like, man, it, and I think he wants to. And that's why he's been taking so long. He's been trying to really go back over everything and, and make it work. So I, I don't know. It's just let him take his time. Let him finish it. Get it the way he wants, and and that's fine. And there is a there is a, a, a huge added pressure he never saw. You know, I, I I was listening to an interview, a couple interviews with him. Uh, and we're going to talk about one of those at the end of this uh, episode. But and I've said it before, he he really felt a pressure. Like he 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 thought he had plenty of time. He did not anticipate the show being as short as it was. He thought the show was going to be ten seasons. You know, this whole thing. So he really thought he had more time. And I think he really he thought he could get Winds of Winter out and then maybe the show would outpace him by one book or something. But yeah, man, it's just now I say let him do his thing. And here's my question. Do you think the show or do you think the reaction to the show or do you think anything show related is going to influence him at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it has to. I mean, it's impossible to say that it, 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 it won't. Right. I mean, I, it's just it's just impossible to say that it wouldn't. And here's my thing. So, like, and in, in people, I, I, know, I know people will argue tooth and nail about this or whatever, but it already has. He's already admitted that he got into a, a little slump and into a kind of a depression when he realized that the show was outpacing him. So it did influence him in that in that regard that he slowed right. down, that he actually, well, you know, so like his writing wasn't... Um, you know, like like his rhythm. He talked about his rhythm of writing and how a writer kind of hits a, you know, a couple chapters and goes, and, and it started to flow and it's making sense. Like it's very broken up. So his writing has been whenever he can squeeze it in here and there between different events when his mind is being racked by all these different projects and stuff that he's working on. So that's hard to get into a really good workflow. And so I would say the show has influenced him in that regard. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so you know, r- real quick here, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. So. I have said so in trying to think of the only other kind of thing I can I can come to, c- to compare this to. I think the only real fair comparison is is probably Harry Potter um, just because, you know, she was like I think I think she had already written her like third or fourth book when they started the movies. But then, I mean, they were cranking out. It was like book and movie every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were you know, they were they were they were going and going and going. And I think I think when she wrote the seventh book, it's like the third or fourth movie was out, right? Was it okay? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd have to look at the exact you know the the exact timeline on that. But I mean, it's like she was still finishing the book series when some of the movies were yeah were, com- yeah, sure. were coming out mm-hmm. exactly. So, um, 
I mean, is it, you know, can you, can you say that, you know, I've always felt like the beginning of the seventh book of the Harry Potter series was, is feels, it feels, it doesn't, it feels frantic to me, you know, and I could almost say rushed because it's just like, she kills like, I mean, the first like 10, I mean, the first like five chapters, she kills off like half the cast. Yeah. And I was always yeah. like, well, that just felt like really kind of frantic to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and was that the plan all along? Was that or was that, you know, maybe now she's got the movies going and certainly, you know, some of the things that happened in the movies, you know, the way a bigger audience reacted to it. Um, can you say that that didn't influence her or, you know, um, I don't know if the I think I think all of like like all of Twilight had been written before the movies came out. Is that is that I correct? I think so. Yeah. And I, then maybe you know the other thing, Hunger Games. I'm not entirely sure if all the books were out. Yeah. When yeah. when that started well, too. So you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to. I, yeah. Harry Potter's the only one that I know for sure. I think was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. She was the book series wasn't finished. Let me look and, that up. Just make sure. And, and 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 I think what you're trying to say there is is also that like so there is some influence or a sense of like well I've got a rush or whatever. And so I guess with George, I'm glad that. He didn't try to say, holy smokes, the show's going to outpace me. I've got to force it and get Winds of Winter done. I think if he would have forced it, it wouldn't be as good. And I think it wouldn't be what he wanted. And I'll say this too, you know, Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series, right? I think I think a lot of authors, if you look at their conventions where they where they have like on a, like an author's convention where they're giving the uh, various awards and stuff, I've watched a few of those. And the authors will talk about how when you get to the end of a series... You, you you like like you're either being told by your publisher or by, or by whoever hey we got to wrap this up in 10 bucks like this has got to be done mm. and robert jordan for example in wheel of time was on pace to do that but his third book his or i'm sorry i'm sorry his final book his um a memory of light was so massive and he had so much material and so much story left to tell at the end. He considered it one book. He just thought it's going to be the biggest book of the whole series. It's going to be massive. And they were like, no, it's too much. It's way too much. And so a lot of times I think, you know, again, with, with JK or with George, you get to the end of the series and you're like, damn, I have run out of, you know, time here and I'm, I'm being confined into this box. So how do I make things fit here at the end? At the beginning, I had plenty of room to really, you know, let these these plots and these, these lines, these threads kind of, you know, um, weave or go out in this direction now i gotta bring it all back together and right. and and tie it and tie it together and finish it you know and it's 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 hard it's actually really hard so yeah um, okay so so okay so here we go okay so i do have just the harry potter thing up because I, I just think it's a good comparison in terms of you know another series that was still being finished as the you know with going along with the source material so um the first movie was uh 2001 and at that point she had written up to book four but then everything kind of slowed down a bit so she finished this the final book came out in 2007 uh and they were already at book they were already at movie five when mm -hmm. the final book came out so i mean there's no you, there's no way you can't say that you know, some of the fans reaction to certain events and, and, and things like that with now the movies, more audience seeing it, thinking things, theorizing, criticizing wouldn't somewhat influence her decision in her final in, in, yeah. you know, in her in her in her final her final story arc. I mean, there's just, you know, right. Well, here, here's something funny that you were, we, we brought up um, J.K. Rowling and, and George George Martin has actually made a few comments about her and just that like yeah I wouldn't give your fans a like 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 the the writing process and what he's gone through like she's gone on Twitter and basically you know confirmed that well I wish I would have killed 
you know, right. Weasley or whatever. And like, he, he, he's like, I'll never do that. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's yeah. not something you do about your own work and cause whatever. So yeah, there's differences. And I think they are, involved. I think she's just being, you know, like, this is what I was thinking and just, I'm going to put it out there. And he's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Like that's, yeah, that's it, for me. Yeah, it's exclusive. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just different. It's just, I mean, they're totally different. They're meant for totally different audiences, totally different, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, Harry, not that yeah, Harry yeah, Potter yeah. is there's anything wrong with it. I like I, I like it. I mean, I, I loved my read through. Oh, books. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They're just yeah. they're just meant for different audiences and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just mean like when an author starts to commentate on their own work. For sure. Yeah. That, that's something like if you watch George during his interviews, he's very much like, well, what do you think? Or keep reading or keep whatever. Like he never uh, he, he tries not to give too many really explicit direct response you know answers um and you know he wants the reader to kind of interpret uh on their own and that's just higher level and again as you say different audience so it's more right. adult and it's it's higher well, level so. and, and 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 that may be different for him once he's finished the series i mean right now it would be right now i think you yeah. know the, that's true it would be it would be incredibly it just wouldn't be a good idea for him to say oh you know i wish i hadn't killed ned stark like well mm-hmm. Because yeah. Ned Stark, yeah. you know, there's people theorize he could come back. Or he's he's coming back. You know what I mean, exactly. Holy, so you, know. you you still need to keep that mystery alive. Once he's finished, then you could go back and be like, oh, maybe I wish I'd done this different. Maybe I wish I'd right. done this different. I guess what I'm saying is, I don't think yeah. he's going to do that because oh, I don't his, either because of his exactly. criticisms of J.K. for doing that. So right, yeah, and I, I don't, I don't but, think, I don't think he would either. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, really cool. And we have more. We have another interview we want to talk about at the end of this. Um, at the end of this chapter and it's kind of a response to something on YouTube that I, I can't wait to actually share because I'm actually uh, excited about what we're doing on our YouTube channel and our series there and, and theorizing and, and stuff with Winds of Winter. So, yeah, we'll come back to all of that here in just a jiffy. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, OK. On to the chapter. Um, uh, this week we are into Tyrion 4. Last week we were with Bran where he'd received the Lords of the North at Winterfell for the Harvest Feast. Each um, had business to discuss and many were interested in wedding Lord Danella Hornwood, um, whose husband and only son had died in the South. Lady Hornwood herself is concerned that Ramsay Snow, the bastard of the Dreadfort, means to seize her lands. Um, the knight uh, Clay Carwin... Uh, Kerwin arrived with with uh, news that Stannis had declared Joffrey a bastard, and Bran had had dreams of a gold man throwing him from a tower. This week we're into Tyrion Four. Last time we were with Tyrion, uh, the small council was discussing Stannis's declaration that Cersei's children are bastards born of incest. Cersei wants letters, um, su- wants the the letters suppressed, but Tyrion and Littlefinger convince her that they um, uh, should treat the letters with contempt while spreading their own rumors that Stannis' daughter is illegitimate. Tyrion leaves the council to meet with the city smiths to commission an immense chain, then meets with Lord Varys via a secret passage in a brothel. This week, Tyrion meets with Grand Maester Pycelle, Littlefinger, and Varys in turn and gives them each a secret plan. To Pycelle, he gives the secret letter for Prince Doran Martell. To Littlefinger, a plan to give Lysa Arend her husband's killer and wed Princess Marcella to Robert Arryn. And Varys, a plan to give Prince Doran Martell his sister's killer and Prince Tommen as a ward. So, uh, again, now th- you could... there. Um, this this The same thing happens in the show, and it's pr- it's a really good chapter... Uh, showing Tyrion one being showing his kind of prowess at playing the Game of Thrones, and two also kind of showing uh, the greed that goes on in King's Landing. 
um, and all of these all of these political players and and Tyrion's doing it as a test to see who is gonna who is gonna spill the beans, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's real. It's real intricate, and it's it's pretty pretty cool how he you know masterminds this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it starts here. I do not sleep as I did when I was younger, Grandmaster Picel told him, but way of apology for the dawn meeting. I would sooner be up, though the world be dark, than lie restless abed, fretting on tasks undone, he said. Through his heavy lidded eyes made him though his heavy lidded eyes made him look half asleep as he said it. In the airy chambers beneath the rookery, his girl served them boiled eggs, stewed plums, and porridge while Picel served uh, the pontifications. In these sad times with so many hunger, hunger, I think it only fitting to keep my table spare. So, but, you know, Tyrion and, uh, you know, Tyrion and, and Picel are having this meeting here, and Tyrion is going to give him uh, a plan. He's going to give out three different plans in this this chapter, each to different, uh, you know, political you know, political forces, right, in, in, in the capital. My part, Picel, uh, Littlefinger, mm-hmm. and Varys. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, I, right, that's the overarching idea for this whole thing. So we'll meet with all three of those folks, and we're with Picel now. You know, a couple interesting things about his meeting with Picel. He gives him two letters, doesn't he? Doesn't he give him two? Let me see. Uh, yeah, two yeah, sealed copies of a secret yep. letter. And so, you you, you know, why, why not just one? Right. <laughs> do you want to make sure make sure it gets exactly. there or do you want to give Picel the option to, you know, maybe like I'll send this one, re- I'll, I'll send one, reseal the other one or what, what does he do? Does he, you know, uh, puts him in that type of position. Right. Another mm. thing that's interesting is that Picel mentions that um, food is hard to come by in King's Landing. And that also that kind of leads us into one of our, our YouTube series. Where we're talking about like how does King's Landing get food and how do their supply lines run where are they getting resources from so when king's landing is cut off from certain you know regions or, or or what have you like how does that affect them and then who do they have to turn to so um i think last week i, I brought up um not last week last time we were with Tyrion, i brought up um house stokeworth and really i i, I should have brought it up here um more so because uh, lady tanda has mentioned more and, and sort of uh she and, and house rosby become sort of a big deal here in, um, in in this chapter. They're they're mentioned subtly, and it's sort of about the this this food. And Picel mentions here that he doesn't keep a lot of food out. Why? Because uh, he doesn't think that's right. You know, uh, every, every, other people are starving, and then he shouldn't be having like a full table of whatever Tyrion goes. If there's food, I'm going to eat it in case there's none tomorrow. You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but yeah, y- yeah, and. Uh, and and I, I don't know if Tyrion meets with them I- individually for for or if he meets them with them in the order that he does for a reason or if the, he just or if it just happens to be circumstance. Right. But uh, certainly, um, you know, we find out that it ultimately ends up being Pycelle who spills the beans uh, to Cersei. And that's that's Tyrion's ultimate uh, reason behind this to see kind of who can he trust. Mm-hmm. Um, is is the is the whole is the whole reasoning uh, b- behind this, but I th- I think maybe he does choose Pycel first just because he, maybe he trusts him the least. Uh, yeah, and I, I also think too he knows that that Varys and Littlefinger uh, have a, have a better spy network, and that they because when you get to Varys actually at the at the end, um, it seems it seems as if as if Varys knows. 
knows what he's already done, <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of, to some degree. And so he's still, it, there's still a test to be had there, but but I don't know that, yeah, that we can talk about that when we get to Varys, just because it seems like maybe, I mean, Varys has hinted multiple times that um, some of the men who are what you would think would be Cersei's spies are actually, well, they, some of them are her, her spies, but then one or two of them are also his. And he hopes he can't tell the difference. So that's, he, the spider, I, I, again, I think Varys is, it, we hear more about, what's what's scary is that is that Baelish actually is, is um, gosh, he's, he's just as uh, conniving, but yet we don't hear as much from him. He doesn't have that close relationship with Tyrion like Varys does. So sometimes I think we start thinking Varys is like really the guy who's, you know, moving the pieces and stuff, but then we don't hear a whole lot about Peter Baelish until we get with Sansa, uh, you know, later. But, I mean, he's he's also a mastermind of, of, of moving pieces on the chessboard. So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I think you're right. There is a, there is a reason why he does this in this uh, particular order. Yeah. Um, you know, so he, he's talking he's talking with... Uh with Grandmaster Pycelle here, you know, it's just funny. Some of just some of his lines, you know, like I am here, I'm here to serve, right? The Maester pushed himself uh, to his feet, his chain of office clinking softly. Uh, and it is kind of, they, he kind of, it's kind of interesting what Tyrion notices about his chain, right? It's like, it was a heavy thing. A dozen, a dozen Maester's collars threaded around and through each other of ornate uh, ornament with gemstones. And it seemed to Tyrion that the gold and silver and platinum links far outnumbered those of brazier metals. And, you know, so they, they get these links and every maester's chain is it could, could be a little different. Right. You know, some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, you know, they earn these links. But, you know, some I think some are, are, are a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And at some point we should go over, you know, maybe what those different links mean and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he is sort of hinting that. um it's really more Pycelle's interest and, and, and mm-hmm. it's sort of indicating that, yeah, he's, I don't know. He, he's, he's more of a politician too. He has stayed in this position for such a long time. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's just doing, doing the bidding yeah, how, of others. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me pull up Pycelle to remember exactly when he shows up. But I mean, he's been, I think he was there for like egg, egg on the fifth and maybe even before him. Yeah. He's definitely been around for a bit. Um, and, and sort of like you know, how is he still there? Uh, is 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 fascinating. So, and yeah, he uh, he he does give him. Let me see here. Um, the letters were sealed with wax on both ends, right? So he mm-hmm. has twin letters there, and he wants them sent right away, not after we eat and stuff. Like boom, no, right now, send them. Go, go get a raven and send this out. So, yeah, Makar is when he. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, Maker is when uh, King Makar the first Targaryen, which is egg egg on the fifth's dad uh, is when he first shows up to to king's landings i mean he's been around for a very very long time mm-hmm. yes yep yep um and then Tyrion's going to take a look around his his stores there so yeah he's been around for a long time but he also has a collection of medicines and um different herbs and and maybe poisons you know there in his in his stocks and his stores and so uh Tyrion kind of you know gets up on his tippy toes and is able to pull something off of a shelf and and take a look at it, but it's just interesting that Tyrion's kind of looking around. He he knows uh, Pycelle is. <laughs> yeah, later on Tyrion's going to wonder what they are putting in his drink, and you know they 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 just don't they don't trust each other, you know, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't. No, yeah, he abs- yeah, he no, he absolutely shouldn't. Yeah, so um, so anyway, so he gives him so he gives him the first of the uh, letters. 
Um, and with uh, this letter, he the, the the one he gives to Picel is uh, is is the one is the is what actually ends up being his his legitimate plan and what actually comes to fruition, right? Because he, he gives him the one about yeah um, mm-hmm. yeah the Doran Martell yeah exactly Marcella yeah. yeah yep yep he wants him to send that off and and so he's we're gonna wait to see if Picel will run and tell Cersei. Um, but yeah, that's why once I'm sent out immediately, we're not going to wait on this. And it's, you know, once, once the Raven's been sent then it's, it's on, you know, it's in the air. And, and so, uh, things are in action that we can't really undo. So like if you would have had time to run that by Cersei, the Raven might've never left, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So after he meets with Pycelle, um, is when he, uh, then he goes, he, he goes out right before, so before he meets with, with Littlefinger or anything. And this is where we, we run into Braun. Uh, and we have, you know, have some of the, some of this conversation, uh, with Braun, right? And that, um, Braun, that's when Braun notices, uh, the Hedge Knight, Sir Taller the Tall, right? And he has that line about him where he's talking about the way in which he fights. Uh, and he says, you know, he, he does the same move kind of over and over again. And in the event I ever fight him, that'll be his undoing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It was, it was sort of like, why? Uh, it, it, it one it shows you that Braun is is very he, he can kind of pick up on on your style of fighting and he's um, he's one of the best fighters I would say in in Westeros and so that's kind of cool to see that and it's good to know that Tyrion's protected by him but at the and you think of, you know in, in a trial by combat wow he's not going to play by these traditional you know rules he knows all the standard forms of, of fighting and stuff but yet he uh, can see through them and look for for weaknesses and stuff and so I thought man. That's cool for Braun, but then also this other character. Is there something uh, that could happen between those two later on, and why? What, what would there be, you know, a need for that? But it seemed like foreshadowing. It seemed like he that would be that this this uh, hedge knight. This would be his undoing if he ever faced Braun. Um, maybe they'll team up. Who knows? But yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. And one more thing before we move on too far, um, I wanted to mention here that uh, so so Tyrion brings up to Pycelle, and it's something. I think we just need to remember that Joffrey is not of age yet. You know, he's 13 and he has a regent and that regent is Cersei, right? But then you also have the hand of the king. So a lot of times in Fire and Blood, we would see these situations where the the, the regent, um, if that's not the hand of the king or if they are one and the same, like you, you kind of have to figure out the politics of that or the the, the dynamics, right? So is it like, do we run things, things by... Um, the queen regent or is it the hand of the king you know who has sort of more uh power there power yeah it, and control. yeah yeah and, and, and it does and, it does seem control. to go back and forth and then sometimes you have kings who because she yeah. is the regent which would mean that she's sort of the uh, like 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 the ruler and then Tyrion would be hand you know mm-hmm. so but sometimes those in the past in the histories i, I think in, in a fire um fire and blood i think they've been one and the same so uh when, when you have a king who is too young who is who is not of age yet? So, um, yeah. It, anyway, just kind of interesting, and that's what he's telling Pycelle. P- Pycelle is saying we should run this by uh, Queen Cersei, and Tyrion saying no. You know, I'm I'm hand of the king, and I speak for him, and she's got a lot of burdens on her, and it's go time. Why, why are you even questioning this? So, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, the, you know, this is when when Bronn and uh, and Tyrion are they're still kind of they're still kind of walking around, and Bronn's kind of giving him. You know, Braun is more Tyrion's go-to guy. He's the, his his eyes and ears. He's kind of giving him his, uh, you know, reports of everything. 
uh, you know, he kind of sees, um, and then, you know, he, we, we find out that, you know, in, in some of the news that Tyrion's getting is that there's a, a brother of the Night's Watch who's come down, right? And he's going to bring him, he, he, he's brought this, you know, this hand in a jar, right? You mm-hmm. know, a black yep. brother down from the wall. Uh, it says he brought some rotted hand in a jar. Tyrion smiled. I'm surprised no one ate it. I'm surprised I ought to see him. Is it Yorin, perchance? And we all know, obviously, it mm-hmm. is not. You know, some night Thorn, Sir Alistair Thorn. Of all the Black Brothers he'd been on the line, on the on the wall, Tyrion Lannister had liked Sir Alistair Thorn the least. Yeah, he doesn't like him. He kind of saw the treatment that he was giving the other uh, boys up there, and so he gives him, you know, a, kind of a bad sell and tells him to wait and puts him off, essentially, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, but it does. It again reminds you that hey, Tyrion knows about the Night's Watch, and he knows some of these guys, and he may be the person you, if you're in the Night's Watch, that you want to go speak with because he's going to take this way more serious than Cersei or Tywin or anyone else, uh, especially Joffrey would 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 take it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. So then we do see, uh, you know, uh, Tyrion does. Um, he, he he does uh he does talk to uh Cersei a little bit right as he's as he's working with it and she's like you know riding around on a horse um you know he says he describes her a little bit he's you know your grace Tyrion bowed politely you look lovely this morning uh, her crown was gold you know her cloak uh Emeryn, her uh she's, she's on the horse Sir Boris Blunt of the Kingsguard wearing white scale and his favorite scowl Sir Balon Swan um so we and, you know, Sir Giles Rosby um they're all kind of out there uh you know with her um she says you know where are you bound this day sister i'm making a round to the gates to inspect the new scorpions and spitfires i would not have it thought uh, that all of us are indifferent to the city's defenses as you seem to be so cersei's out there checking the defenses yeah 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 and it's all just sort of um yeah, she is. She is. And and actually, so we, we learned in an earlier chapter, right, that she has set them to making chain mail and different stuff. And so Tyrion's now like, no, we're going to make a big chain. Uh, we're going to get into the pyromancers, too, and, and things. That, you know, Cersei's got her thing going. Tyrion's got his thing going. And they're not. It's it's odd that like he's more he knows what she's doing and he's more coordinating his efforts with her than she is with him and it's almost like she's making this a competition. He knows it's a competition, but yet he's going to try to keep up keep up those appearances that they're mm-hmm. not working together but yet he really is trying to make everything else work and flow uh with what she's doing just to be the least disruptive i guess so yeah and she's out there and you can see her retainers around her those individuals who i i often say we, sh- we should watch and see who's trying to climb you know uh, who's who's super ambitious and trying to climb and and gain a seat on the council or you know be in the king's guard or whatever uh, but they're they're near cersei and uh rosby house rosby again is there and it's mentioned again multiple times throughout this chapter that there's not enough food in the, in king's landing and how stokeworth and house rosby are supplying um more than i think they say more than half of the yeah. food in king's landing so yeah, very have, important to keep them close. Yeah, they talk about how Stokeworth uh, and how they haven't really been touched yet by by the war. Um, so then uh, Cersei makes kind of an interesting comment here. She says, I want you to make Father bring his army to King's Landing. Tyrion, where it will serve no purpose but to make you feel safe, right, in his mind. Um, when have I ever been able to make Father do anything? And she ignores the question. And what do you plan to do with Jamie? Uh, he's worth a hundred of you. 
He says, uh, you know, don't tell Lady Stark, I beg you, we don't have a hundred of me to trade. Father must have been mad to send you. You know, you're, you, you know, you're worse than, worse than useless. And then basically she wrote, she rides out. You, you know, what, what, like in a weird way, I think Cersei is, is actually trying to reach out to him without losing face. I think sometimes she's trying to show him, you know, that like that she is nervous and that she is scared. And mm. but yet it comes across really just with this. Yeah. I mean, like her demeanor is just really bad. Uh, and it's like, I don't know. This, this is what she says in public. And I know she still talks to him like this in, in private, but like you almost think she's, she is, there's something going on. She does want her father. She does want her other brother nearby. And so she hasn't been able to get through to them. So she's desperate in telling him, you know, you need to make father bring his army here. Why aren't you doing that? You know, why aren't you working on that? Like, like he does, he, he needs it. Like, it's almost like he, like she's acknowledging that, that maybe father would be more willing to listen to you than me. Um, but yet then we'll call him useless at the same time. So you know, she's at least smart enough to be aware that Tyrion, you know, was sent here for a reason. Um, although she dismisses it as her father being mad, uh, she's still making these jabs and making these calls to sort of like, we got to do something because I'm scared and my children are here. And, you know, because they start to talk about Renly uh, Baratheon having a hundred thousand, you know, troops and he's marching slowly. And actually Tyrion says that like, that's how he would do it. He would just continue to kind of you know, let the Starks and the and the Lannisters go to war and, and bloody each other up and everything, and then he can just, you know, kind of move in there. It's just maddening that, like, Stannis Baratheon and Renly, had they united, this would be over. <laughs> but that's oh, the God. thing, it, man. It, it's, it, wouldn't, it, would, it wouldn't even be close. It wouldn't even be wouldn't close. Be close. Wouldn't yeah. be close. It would, it, yeah, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't even have been close. I mean, it, uh, again, you know, I'm a Stannis guy. Some people are not, which is, which is all fine, but... I mean, in terms of rights, I mean, Renly should have just, you know, uh, fought for for Stannis, yeah, uh, because Stannis is is the legitimate true heir, and he could have um, been hand, he could have been all these different things, like, like again, you exactly. could have he could have used exactly. his brother as a mouthpiece, you know, and that mm-hmm. you know, like the face of the realm, and he's just the king, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, well, yeah. even yeah, even even if like even let's say like even let's say that that Renly goes and, and gains his army, and Stannis isn't going to fight. I mean there's still no reason for Renly to get there as quickly as possible um, because they're running out of food. Right. And you've got Rob Stark and, and the Lannister army to the North fighting. So, mm-hmm. uh, yep. I mean, yeah, there's just, there's, there's zero, there's zero reason uh, for him to, to go storm the gates as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and so uh, Tyrion also will mention here in a second that he is more worried about Stannis, even though he doesn't have as big of a host because None of Varys's spies, none of the none of the um, fishermen that he's sent down there have been able to kind of learn anything. They've learned that there are Lysine pirate ships showing up, which we which we know about. Um, we know there's a sorceress there, and Davos is on guard down there and making sure everybody, you know, like these. So so it's it's weird, you know, is Melisandre seeing these different people uh, who are possibly spying on Stannis and trying to figure out what he's doing, and she's intercepting them because. That is Tyrion's able to plan for things because he knows that Renly's moving, and he actually knows how slow he's moving, and that's giving Tyrion time. Um, and he's not even—he's not even scolding. You know, he's, he's not even, I guess, um, making a critique of Renly, he's saying that's actually what I would do too. Uh, but it does give us a little bit of time, and we, we need to be doing X, Y, and Z to prepare. And so he is doing that. You know, in, in Tyrion's way, he's thinking much bigger than just a defense of the city. He's actually trying to make an alliance with Dorne. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that's huge. So that mm-hmm. is because that's the other factor. You could actually squeeze in on Renly's forces if you were able to make a big alliance there. So, oh, absolutely. Well, and then, the, you know, the other thing you've got, uh, the, you know, he says here, um, if Stannis attacks by sea while his brother Renly storms the gates, they'll soon be mounting Joffrey's head on a spike. Worse, mine will be beside him. And then when we actually get to the battle, I mean, Stannis, who gets his his fleet almost taken out, well, pretty much does, is still able to storm uh, you know, to to basically storm the gates, and if Tywin Lannister doesn't show up to save the day, so I mean, they would take, I mean, they'd take King's Landing in like a matter of hours if Renly and Stannis attacked at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're yeah, just, yeah. They're, they're just not prepared at all. No, no, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, that, that's all sort of the the plotting, I guess. That's uh, that's going on. It's just crazy how it could have gone. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me see here. So okay. So after that, right is um, Baelish. Well, yeah, Baelish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and so he's kind of uh, showing up, and in, in Podrick Payne is like, you know, mm-hmm. doing his thing. Yeah. Pod's being Pod, and and, and he lets ba- Baelish in the in the door there, and they they start to kind of talk, and he's scheming. Um, he knows that uh, Peter Baelish was close with uh, the Tullys, and that he's close with Lysa Aaron. So, um, you know, he's basically trying to make a play here to to send him with information to kind of woo Lysa to get her to, you know, uh, kind of keep that aligned. That's a tough one, though, because, you know, again, like like besides Lysa, there's this um, and, and, and I guess, well, you know, the Blackfish who, who was there for a while, there's not a huge like Tully connection. I mean, there are, there's, there's marriages and other marriages in, in, into across the, the different kingdoms or whatever, but like the veil is just sitting there kind of unused and, and its resources are, are building up and stuff. And so, um, yeah, you're trying to combat Renly's force. You'd want to make another, um, alliance with, uh, with the veil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ab- yeah, ab- absolutely. And you know, the, the, the funny thing is one of the, uh, it's, it's funny that uh, Tyrion is giving this plan to Baelish because at, well, at the at, for a reread, especially because uh, you look at the way so, some of the things that, that Littlefinger sees, you know, just the way he, he comments, the way that Littlefinger reacts to some of this information. And we know this now as a reread that John Aaron's killer, uh, you know, is Baelish is involved in that. Right. And mm-hmm. so you, you the first time you read this. Because that's one of the things he, he promises. He says, "You know, I'll find the true killer, uh, and we can give we can give Liza Aaron that, and all of these things he's he's offering for Liza Aaron." Now you can look at as a reread and think, "Oh, Baelish is sitting there saying, well, this is really all power that I'm gonna get.'" Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, and, kind of, and that's kind of secretly, yeah, uh, yeah, and it is sort of when you look at the Game of Thrones, like why Tyrion, um. Well, again, this is why you have to, you know, follow everybody's point of view and, and see which characters know what and when do they know it. Because, as you say, um, us knowing more information than maybe Tyrion at this time, it's it's um, yeah, it's, it's it's just fascinating. Like like they have a little exchange with the dagger too, and and it's sort of like, yeah, what does Tyrion say? So, so something like like Baelish knows that I know, you know, about sort of that whole side plot, right? Um, yeah, and so and so you, it's like it's like you've got this battle of what do you know versus what do I know, and then I'm going to send you because he's he's trying to reward Baelish, and he talks about his upbringing and sort of you know his his connection to Lord Aaron and, and turning um, you know dust into money essentially, 
and and in creating these um you know well yeah, yeah and yeah he knows yeah he t- he's he's talking about just how one dangerous Baelish is and how good he is Baelish is is mm-hmm. a great master of coin and really that's what really allows him to rise rise to a lot of powers because he's master of coin he can position the the crown into buying this which you know backdoor can can benefit him yeah well yeah and, and he's talking about like all the different people who are in charge of money and counting out money and distributing it like all people that Baelish has put into place so when you look at like the flow of money and then who knows who I mean Baelish is well like positioned and he's rewarded people so much and people he's proven himself really too mm-hmm. like you like you talk about like a Lannister pays his debts or whatever like I mean Baelish I think um, is known as being he's he, he could be ruthless maybe some of these 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 uh, uh, in, in in the underworld of King's Landing they might know that um, but yeah he's he's a guy who can get you money and who can put you in a certain position so uh, what doesn't he offer him uh, Heron uh, Hall yeah so yeah yeah he does you know, yeah he does offer him Heron Hall yeah. Yeah, Pretty well, cool. you know, there's yeah, there's one other thing too. When just when he's talking about his, his bringing uh, upbringing, when he starts to talk about the errands and you know how you're kind of close to them, that's where he talks. Uh, Baelish talks about I had both their maidenhoods, right? And then Tyrion immediately the <laughs> lie. Tyr- Tyrion was fairly certain it was a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, could it have yep. been Catelyn Stark who lied, uh, and the dagger as well. You know, uh, he's <laughs> the more Tyrion realized that nothing. Um, the longer he lived, the more Tyrion realized that nothing was simple and little was true, which is just a great uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a great kind of quote for us all to to view at in the Game of Thrones in general. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, who's lying and and uh, who's telling the truth for sure? Yeah, yeah. He says that you know that dep- uh, if you mean to offer Sansa in return for your brother, waste someone else's time. Joffrey will never surrender his plaything, and Lady Catelyn is not so great a fool as to barter the Kingslayer Slayer for a slip of a girl, which is incredibly false. Actually, she totally is. <laughs> she she one hundred mm-hmm. she one hundred percent is. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy, isn't that it? Just, I, that know, just shows that just shows how how little he knows her. Right, right, right. And, and well, yeah. And, and also just, you know, Baelish has got his own sort of uh, scheming plans. Maybe not all, all the way developed um, yet, but, uh, well, yeah. I mean, actually, next next chapter. Yeah. So right. uh, he's got his hey. own plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, if I give her John Aaron's true killer, she might think more kindly of her. That made Littlefinger set up. So this is some interesting Littlefinger stuff, just knowing, you know, what we know mm-hmm. as a reread. True, uh, that made Littlefinger sit up. True killer, I confess, you make me curious. Who do you propose? You know, he and Lies are the real, you know, true killers. Um, it was Tyrion's turn to smile. Gifts I give my friends freely. L- Lysa Aaron would need to understand that. Is her? Is it her friendship you require or her swords? Both. Littlefinger stroked the you know the neat spike of his beard. Liza has woes of her own. Clansmen raiding out of the mountains of the moon in great numbers um, than ever before, and better armed. You know, distressing. So really, in a way, Littlefinger's kind of playing Tyrion right here because he knows the real truth. And if if Tyrion knew the actual truth, then Tyrion would not be having this kind of a conversation with Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know something that that's interesting is right. Like, um, I mean, you look at who is who is Tyrion proposing to send to exactly right. <laughs> He's proposing to send Littlefinger. Uh, so all the double meaning um, mm-hmm. is is there. 
but but yeah, so the, really. And then, and then you immediately see the little finger. Um, you know, well, oh well, let me see what I can get out of this for Liza, and thus, in a way, myself. Tyrion has tied to the clans. We can get them out. Uh, we can not really get involved in the war, begin to establish my own kind of seat of power and, and stuff like that. So it is kind yep. of the Game of Thrones in this chapter is really, really well played. Yeah. And, and, and he does acknowledge, um, I mean, Tyrion knows that like Lysa's not going to send her troops against uh, River Run, and he's not asking her to do that. Right. It's it's more supply lines and there are other enemies. They have many enemies and she may be needed elsewhere. So. Not asking you to to attack River Run or, or or what have you, but it is still interesting, right? That that she would be, um, he's, she's trying to play at what Lysa would want. What is it that she desires? And, I mean, she already like had such a bad. You, Tyrion was there, almost killed, almost thrown out the door, right? I mean, he's he's, and, he, and now he's trying to all you know offer this, and it, really, it's all a big. I mean, some of it goes forward. Uh, in, in terms of the plan, but like really, it's just all this game that he's playing to figure out who he can trust. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay. So then, yeah. So let me see here. Uh, so they're kind of continuing uh, this going on. That's the plan that that Tyrion is going with. And then this is when he starts to offer him Harrenhal. Uh, Baelish says, you know, Harrenhal is cursed, um, and he says, then I don't. Then you know, then burn it to the ground and, and build a new one. You, you know, you have no lack of coin. Doesn't, it doesn't matter to me what you do with it, but it'll, it'll immediately position you, uh, as, 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 you know, a great Lord. Uh, he's like, I'll also name you basically Lord Paramount of the Trident. Right. Cause we're obviously not yeah. in favor of the, of the Tully's anymore. So, I mean, so. Right. And that's actually weird because that, yeah, yeah, historically that goes back to like that, like the seat, um, Heron Hall, right. Once, under um was it king heron or whatever like was that was sort of uh the the, the ruling keep and yeah. and later on it's river run under under aegon the conqueror who when they when they moved that seat of power there to river run so that's cool that's interesting yeah yeah um okay so let's uh so that's kind of that's basically kind of how, how it how it ends up with with uh with uh baelish there, and then he immediately goes to Varys. Right. Yep. So, yep. so he, so this is when he immediately goes to Varys and Varys, it seems like Tyrion, you know, their relationship is, is just getting going here. Uh, they do kind of like each other, but Tyrion does, you know, this is also kind of a, a, a test here as he offers him kind of an, an, another plan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's something too. So yeah, again, after, um, Pycelli counted one, right? And then he's counted two here. And so, yeah, you're right. He went up to his bedchamber to await Varys, who would soon be there making his appearance, um, even if all he guessed. This is interesting. So perhaps as late as Moonrise, though he hoped not, um, he he hoped to visit Shay tonight. So he's got this arrangement set up with Varys already, which we know from the previous Tyrion chapter. Uh, he was pleasantly surprised uh, when, Galt of, uh, when Galt of the Stone Crows informed him uh, not an hour later that the Powdered Man was at his tour. Uh, you are a cruel man to make the Grand Maester squirm so, right? You are a cruel man to make the Grand Maester squirm so. Uh, the man cannot, the man cannot abide a secret. So, right? I mean, he does set this up. He knows right. Varys is gonna, you know, go check into all of this. Um, is that a crow I hear calling the Raven black, or would you sooner not hear what I've proposed to Dorne Martell? He giggles. Perhaps my birds have told me. Uh, have they indeed? Uh, he wanted to hear this. Go on. The Dornishmen thus far have held have have held off 
from these wars. Doran Martell has called his banners, but no more. His hatred for House Lannister is well known, and it is commonly thought he will join Lord Renly. You wish to dissuade him. All of this is obvious, Tyrion says, right? The only puzzle is what you might have to offer for his allegiance. The prince is a sentimental man, and he still mourns his sister Elia and her sweet babe. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Uh, hold, stop everything. Stop everything. Stop Here we go yeah. as, as go ahead, Rainey's Targaryen still alive. Well, it's Rainey's is still alive. Yeah, I I don't know, but like, like why not just why not babes? You know why not um, more than one? You know why just a babe? And is it is it sort of the the hint that like okay we're gonna bring in Aegon later? Um, and then would you consider Rainey's a babe or, or a child or a small child? You know, like, like at what point do you make the, the, the difference there? Because she's older. It, it, it's just, it's baffling, right? Like why the, the word choice? We're in the second book now. It's not like we're in the first book or whatever. Like this is the second book and we're making like that's, he's mourning over, I don't know. And then also let me look here. Who says that? Let's see. Um, yeah, okay, so it's Varys, right? He still mourns mm-hmm. his sister Elia and her sweet babe. Yeah. So that's Varys who says that, right? What does he know? Mm-hmm. Was he involved in this in in this plotting uh to to move, you know, a a girl away or a boy away? Did they both live? Did one die and one was saved? The whole thing. Uh I guess it just kind of makes me think uh about because if if it's a babe, the babe that died then would be Aegon. And there would be like right. a, a like an older child that that would die unless you're unless you're going to call both kids, um, you know, a, a babe. But a babe just seems like like closer to like an infant, you know, like. So I don't know. It's it's super uh, interesting and confusing, but it is what it is, and it just shows you that Varys is like way deep involved in all of that, and and knows already what Tyrion's about in this chapter. Yeah, on the A Song of Ice and Fire reread Reddit, uh, they brought that up. The whole babe thing. That's where I saw it and i had to point it out to you um like, yeah, oh say? hold on a second i did i i did because I, I just skipped over it and then i was like oh uh and they um bring up a couple times here in which the term babe is is referenced they don't they don't give exact chapters so if you want to plug these in um not you yeah. but just our, our listeners um to kind of do some just some deeper uh diving here you could run it into the song of ice and fire a search of ice and fire and then it'll tell you exactly where um so just some other um lines here uh Picel was lost but this was uh that this is from the grayscale that nearly killed her as a babe poor thing and doing for a babe and her still on the 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 tit uh that takes a certain sort so i think he's there he's talking about um stannis's daughter uh yeah and yep. I don't I don't know what line what line that is, but again, so there so there he because it's there is the line babe used to, like as a, as an actual baby, mm-hmm. um, so people are so they're arg- so they're talking about so like when exactly does a babe become a child and mm-hmm. some other lines, uh, there's a line where, um, wolf's they're talking about wolfsbane. It makes sense mm-hmm. for a, a maester to have the wolfsbane on hand, so I don't think it's a reference enough to another um says Wolfbane Wolfsbane has many names um throughout the throughout the series uh you know it's a deadly poison just just, just a lot of stuff there's a lot of there's a there's uh, I'm trying to see here there's another line I had here 
Um, it is all still very ambiguous. Still, Varys is very specific when he mentions um, Prince Doran mourning the loss of for his sister and her babe. So, is it yeah. Aegon he's talking about? Is it Rhaella? Is it? Does that mean that one of them is alive and one isn't? You know, there's. It's interesting. This is the this is the kind of the stuff that we get to. Yeah, because uh, like, like again, so if you're gonna say that a babe is is one who would you know. Um, still be feeding um, from his or her mother, then then that would be a reference to Aegon. And that would be the babe that um, Doran Martell is, is, is mourning the loss of, which means that he would then either have knowledge of the girl and where she went or what happened to her. Uh, he, you know, yeah. So, and again, they were, they were both disfigured in a way that you couldn't really tell uh, whether like like w- whether they had just done basically what Theon does with Bran and Rickon you know he takes these two boys who look similar who are close and kills them you know Tarzum and stuff and and so you can't really tell if it's actually them but he puts a pin or a clasp that is a dire you know it's got the the Stark sigil on it and that's sort of what confirms that those are the those are the boys, although Theon knows it's not. So it's like, who who has that information? Varys is the one speaking here. And so he's the one who we would look to and sort of say, he knows something. He, kn- he knows whether those those children were, were both killed. Did they both get away? Was just the babe killed and the, and the older um, daughter saved? That's where, that's where people start to think, you know, like, like the idea that I had back in the day is that we know that Rhaenys Targaryen, which was the older sister to, to Aegon, um, was Dornish uh, because of right. her mother, Elia. Like, like she had those features and those characteristics. And inside of the Targaryen household, in, in their family, Balon Breakspear, he was also Dornish, but then his brothers and sisters were not. You know, like they were very, they had Targaryen features. So inside of siblings, you could have some that when you, mar- like when the Targaryens married into that Dornish uh, you know, um, or made that made that alliance, right? Like that, you could have both sets of children. You like like just depending on which trait would come out. So Rainey's looked very different than Aegon would look, and so that's why a lot of people call Aegon uh, or young Griff false Aegon. He's he's not actually the real true. He's not. He's not like that. That child was killed, and so then people start to turn to well, which of the Sand Snakes or who else in the story is Dornish, um, who's about the same age as you know, Rainey's. And again, the only thing that, 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 that beats my, my whole idea that Rainey's Targaryen is, you know, um, Cirilla Sand or Alaris, uh, is the fact that George said that Rainey's is dead. You but know, that and, doesn't and, mean that could mean that Rainey's is dead and it's, and she's secret, you know, and she's and, now and, and, this new identity. She's right? a new person. Yeah, that she that she is. Same so, thing. Yeah, again. Same thing with same thing with possibly Benjen being cold hands. Right? Is that Benjen yeah. Benjen Stark is dead? He is now cold hands. Yeah, yeah. So because I've always kind of thought like when you look at those the, like their age, I'm just sort of like, you know, who would have those Dornish features that could still be Rainies, and 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 could she still be this lost Targaryen princess that's out there that the that Dorn is holding on to. And that they that they know about, although I, I, I'm not so sure that that Prince Doran would allow, you know, a, a princess uh, or what would be a, a, you know, Elia's daughter, if he, if he knows that's who she is, to go to the Citadel. But, but then again, maybe hiding in plain sight. I don't know. Like like and again, you go back to Maester Eamon saying that that the Sphinx is the riddle. 
mm-hmm. you know, and all of this. And I start thinking, geez, man, like what is going on with, with all of that? So, yeah, it's one of those things that you that you can see how quickly you can get into a rabbit hole with some of this stuff and, and, and where you can go. And that's where you do need to go look at the So Spake Martins. But then you have to remember that he speaks with double meaning sometimes and that, you know, yes, Rainey's is dead, but that doesn't mean like like that name like she truly and like that it's the same thing with Arya that they're telling Arya to give up who she is to let Arya Stark die and she needs to become no one you know there's that that transfer uh so maybe the same sort of a similar thing is happening in George's mind with Rhaenys Targaryen uh into Sorella Sand so yeah yep 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 yeah absolutely man uh yeah and then they well they continue a little bit here with this conversation right and um so Varys gives him a shrewd look. My little birds tell me that Princess Elia cried a certain name when they came for her. And so this is where they're talking about Gregor Clegane and that a lot of people don't know um, that he was the one that, that did all this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and so basically he's offering him, he's offering Doran Martell. Uh, the mountain. Yeah. The mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The mountain here, which we know ultimately in kind of a different path does end up, uh, taking place right and so he's offering basically he's offering to send prince dude it says it again oh my god i'm sorry i'm sorry it it says it again yeah right yeah so so again a second time holy cow so Varys uh gave him a shrewd look my little birds tell me that prince elia cried a certain name as you said when they came for her and then um i guess this is Tyrion who says is it uh is a secret still a secret if everyone knows it um, now this is again no dialogue. We don't know if this this is not someone speaking. This is just commentary from mm-hmm. the narrator. In Castle Rock, it was common knowledge that Gregor Clegane had killed Elia and her babe, uh, and they said that he raped uh, the 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 princess um, with her son's blood and brains still on his hands. Mm-hmm. But no no ma- no reference of Rainey's. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm st- I'm starting to think more and more that like like I, you know, <laughs> I'm telling you, we may have to do a do a you know like good old YouTube uh, video on it. So I got I still yeah, got all I'm, the old notes in the doc in there we can refer to. But dang, I'm down, man. I hey, I, I'm I am down. Yeah, I'm I'm a big I'm I'm big with you on that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, and then that's basically kind of how this how this chapter ultimately ends. Uh, there's not really a whole lot left. Is that he's offering Tommen, um, and and so you know then Tyrion kind of finishes with just the word three right because he said all right I have one plan two plans three plans out there uh and we're gonna see what happens which again with Tyrion it's a really smart idea it's a totally smart idea to to see okay now that you're getting into this the seat of power here let's see who I can trust and who I can't right yeah and and he's kind of um yeah there at the end Varys just notes that like well you can't send both Tom and Anne you know Marcella to uh lysa or whatever so who where or, or you know where, where dorn or right. like so can't send both of them away so he's trying to figure out i mean i think varus on the other side of that is trying to figure out who is he actually sending you know what what is he actually up to so kind of cool to think about it from his perspective too but you're right yeah Tyrion's uh it's a good plan it's, it's mm-hmm. good and it's gonna at least identify one of those who is very loyal to his sister um and the other two though i think are you know we don't really know like their loyalties they're not loyal to Tyrion. Um, but no. they're loyal to like their selves. They have their own ambition and they're, they're, they're trying to push their own agendas. So, yeah. 
Yeah, but with, with well, Pycelle is just kind of loyal to uh, Pycelle. I think is just loyal to whoever's in power because I mean, obviously, he was loyal to the Targaryens for a long time, and then he then he switched, and so I think that's you know, if if Stannis if Stannis were to take over, I think he would say, "Oh, I've always been a Baratheon man." You know what I mean? Like he's just yeah, yeah, for sure. But I also think too, like there's there's strong hinting that like when Tywin was hand of the king that he became that's when he like, switched. like, yeah. like pretty, pretty close to him. And though, and, and although he wasn't one of those people who got it, like his tongue cut out, um, you know, for, for saying that the hand of the king was ruling more, uh, than, than the king. I, I, I think he was secretly, you know, right. still definitely allied up with the Lannisters and that's maybe where it started. But as you say, yeah, um, he's, boy, cause again, I mean, the Baratheons are there, but yet he's, it was so easy to fool Robert Baratheon, you know, like, right. That's the crazy thing. He just, he, he's not, he's like, like Ned, he doesn't play these games, this, this, um, game of Thrones very well. He's right. just a warrior. And so Pycelle's in there playing the game of Thrones with, with his wife, you know, right. Cersei. So, and who knows what else they're doing? Yeah. Who, oh, I mean, yeah. just, just wait till we get to a storm of swords and a feast for crows, you know? Yeah, Pycelle's even up to Moon Boy. Okay, so just saying, <laughs> who knows? Right, right, right. Oh gosh. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. As well, uh, we have a Raven uh, today here. Did, did I think you want to talk about yeah. some of the? Yeah. Yeah, kind of a different. Um, uh, not really a Raven, more of, of of a response, I guess, from me to a comment that we had. So we, you know, Matt and I are doing this series where we're talking about um, based upon what we see in the. TV show, what do we think will actually occur in the books? And a lot of people are getting this wrong. I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe not a lot of people, but I'm, I just want to make it very clear that we're not saying George is going to look at the TV show and then all of a sudden write, change his series. We've never said that. We don't think that's going to happen at all. And I want to read to you guys a couple of things from, a, from an interview just so you understand why we're doing the series and why we're thinking about this. Because you could just go book speculation only. You could look at the book and say, what clues do we have in George's own writing and make speculations about Winds of Winter? You know, you could do that. But we do know that George had a meeting that lasted several days with Dan and Dave, the showrunners for the HBO series. And he shared with them major things. I mean, he basically told them the ending of his series. So here it is. Um. One of my responses was just this, you know, that, that, that we, meaning Sir Matt and I, simply wonder and speculate as to which of the overarching plot points George R.R. R. Martin shared with Dan and Dave. So according to his 60-minute interview with Anderson Cooper, um, George R.R. R. Martin shared major plot points with the HBO showrunners. Whether they used all of those or used what he said, or if they deviated from those given plot points is something we can speculate about. So... Let's say he gave them every single point, you know, and he, he gives them here are the big 10 major points. They might say, you know what? Only five of those are going to work for us. So we look at what they did in the show and we think, what did they actually act upon? You know, the, given the knowledge and given what was shared with them by George R. R. Martin, what did the show owners say? Yep, I like that. And that still fits into what we're doing in the show and it can work and we're going to make it happen in the show. So that's what we speculate about. I mean, just Sir Matt and I. So, um, so here we go. Yeah, those given points. Um, due to their story conferences, again, it's a quote, story conferences, mm -hmm. George has indicated that the TV show and his final two books are, quote, similar, but they are also different. 
So I have a link to the interview here, and I can put this down maybe in the description of this episode. Uh, Anderson Cooper asked this question. He said, uh, when it was clear that they were catching up, you told them an overarching future of where you saw the last two, book, the, the last two books excuse me, going in terms of plot. Um, Martin answered, yes. And you know, the major bits. I mean, obviously, we're talking here about several days of story conferences taking place in my home in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So again, we simply wonder what or which of those shared plot points ended up in the last couple seasons. Um, We don't at all believe that Martin is writing his books to fit the show. Uh, George has a large portion of Winds of Winter written and obviously has A Dream of Spring outlined, and it's those outlines that he shared with Dan and Dave. So um, Martin also said this, I don't think Dan and Dave's, this is a quote, I don't think Dan and Dave's ending is going to be that different from my ending because of the conversations we did have, but they may be on certain secondary characters. There may be big differences. So again, it's like what we're trying to do is look, what did Dan and Dave use from George? You know, like brand becoming king. Okay. Maybe he's like, they said, all right, you know what? We're going to take part of that. He can't be king of the North, but we'll make him king of King's Landing. You know, or maybe, maybe George did say he's going to be the king of, you know, King's Landing in in the six realms. And they said, okay, we're going to make that happen. Did George tell them that? Or did, did Dan and Dave come up with that? I guess is the question, right? That's been the big question. And when you turn to George in his interview, he says, I think it's going to be similar. Um, Now he's changed a little bit. He's, 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 he has not been directly talking about this as much after the show came out. Um, Again, I think this is right around the time the show did come out. And they were asking him sort of like, how similar is this going to be? And he said, it's going to be similar. Obviously going to be similar. Like he shared with them ending big plot points, but there are so many secondary characters that could turn out differently. And again, it's a big difference between Bran being King of King's Landing and, and King of the North, you know? So there's, there's, there's all that to kind of consider. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It it totally makes sense because I mean, you know, I mean like Danny, Danny might live. Right. I mean, you know, Bran could end up king and then John and Danny could be off living together. I mean, you know, yeah, if three of the fourth, you know, you look at all the things that happen with Cersei dying, all these things. Say you have say you have 10 points and then seven of those happen. Well, there's still three that didn't or are different. That's and right. those could are huge things. That's right. That's right. And and that's the thing is that George is not going out there and saying, okay, yeah, the brand thing that they did. Yep, that happened. Or the Sansa thing. Yep, that worked. He said that he gave them information. He actually said that he didn't have time. They didn't have time to go over all the secondary characters. And a lot of the secondary characters are not even in the damn show. Okay, but the one the characters that are in the show, he gave them the outline as to where those characters end up. Did they use that information or not? Um God, they had to have used 50% of it, you would think, right? Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I would would definitely say 50%. And here's something else, too. So he also said, I don't know if I put this quote in here or not. Um, Yeah, uh, let's see. Like, like all in all, I mean, he basically said that he thought that the showrunners, given 97% of like, I think he even said 97% of like, you know, book to show or book to movie adaptations, he thought the showrunners were authentic and were trying to be authentic to what he had laid out in his series. And they wanted it to be close and they wanted it to be an adaptation of his works. 
And, you know, George then says, like, the reason he's 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 always held, like, sort of um, exclusive rights to, like, the written material is he's, he doesn't want them to do a graphic novel or something crazy, you know, about one of his books. It's like, no, you can look at the show adaptation, and then this that show is based on my series. Now, come, come to my series and read it and look at it. And, but yet, we're in an interesting spot where he gave them the end of the story. Did they use it or not is the question. And that's why we take what we see happen to those characters, Danny becoming the Mad Queen. And we say, okay, if that is, let's say that's true. And that's something that George is going to do in his series. How do we get there? And that's where the speculation starts. Well, and the other thing is that he gave, I mean, clearly he only had this conversation once. So he gave them the end of the story that he had mapped out in his head at that point in time. That's right. Yeah. As he said, my characters evolve and stuff as we write and we're now past the show. So he could now be changing his mind and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing to say that that's not going to be the case. Right. Right. And again, yeah, that conversation is an old conversation. Um, You know, he shared that stuff with them and, and, and he didn't say that any of those things have changed. But that's also the thing. He's not going to tell you what he shared with them. So then you can go say, well, they used three out of his 10 points or seven out of his 10 plot points. Like they, they, they used and they had to make up three more or something, or they altered the other three that we will never know until we get the book series until it's finished. Then we'll be able to go back and say, Hmm, okay, here's what, here's what George did. But, but again, what was the given information in that several day, uh, uh, Santa Fe, you know, New Mexico conversation, right? Like what, what took place there? Yeah. As as you say, George was a, you know, a different man then and he, he, things do evolve. I mean, probably not anything crazy. Again, he's got those end goals and he is driving towards those end points. But if they chose not to use one of his end points and they altered it because they wanted a reaction, they wanted better ratings or something, they may have done that. And that's that's where that's where we believe it could be extremely different because they didn't use the information that George gave. Or uh, it's fascinating to think about, you know, Sansa becoming the the queen in the north. And how the hell do we get there? So we start to kind of map it out in the books and see, you know, how do we get her to that point? How do we get her to the Battle of the Bastards? Is that even going to happen? The whole thing. So I just wanted to make that very clear. We're not saying George is like going to look at what the show did and change his writing style and and start to write to match the show hell no he shared with them what he plans on doing and whether they use that or not is gonna is very very interesting and i would love for more people to speculate about it and to kind of think like boy how do we get um well and there's just there's other there's just other op and you know the other thing is that we're trying to look at even if even if even if we you know one of the things we do is we say well okay let's say that sansa is going to end up queen of the north right or that the battle of the bastards is going to happen well you know what about some of these minor characters and and what role do they play and that's why one of the ones i bring up so often is john connington right because well in the show it's jorah mormont who gets grayscale goes to the citadel where sam is and sam you know removes the grayscale from him well in the books jorah doesn't have grayscale and this other guy, John Connington, does. So they took some of the stuff that happens to one character and applied it to a character in the show that it doesn't happen to in the books. So that's obviously like that's different. That is with like without question different. Yeah. So that's one of the things we're looking at and saying, okay, hold on a second here. 
Right. Yeah. Like like the killing of Tom and, and, and Marcella, which is sort of our two uh, jumping off points as well. Um, we think those deaths may be switched or altered in some way and right. uh, more complex than, than they look. We, have, we even looked at the character of Bronn and we're starting to think that, um, you know, him being Lord Stokeworth, essentially, uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what does that mean? We see where he ends up in the show. You know, we right. see the seat that he takes. So does he continue in that position of power? Does he die? Right. You know, it basically at that point you say, like, if you were speculating that Braun was going to die in the books, well, then you look at the TV show and you say, now, did, did, is he? Because I thought he was going to, but yet the show is telling me that he lives on. Did George tell them that? Or did they just say, you know what, we like Braun, Braun's going to, Braun's going to live. Right. You know, that's, that's yeah. the kind of stuff we're, we're doing. So I just, I think it's important to make it clear. And I'm, I, I think uh, we've kind of a little uh, read that we'll do at the beginning of our YouTube videos, just because, you know, some people are coming in and they've never mm-hmm. seen the podcast yeah. or know that we talk about this kind of stuff. And, and yeah. uh, they kind of are curious. And uh, I thought that was a sort of a good interview for people to look at and understand where we're going with this. If you guys have thoughts and comments on that, or you completely disagree, that's totally fine. Send us a raven about it. And I'd love to chat with you about it. And maybe, you know, um, again, we've always said influence the show. And if there's things that we can learn and evolve, cool. That's awesome. That's where we're at. Like we're not uh, gatekeepers in any way, no. uh, shape or form. We, we love to just kind of dive in and learn this stuff. And anytime we read like a Reddit theory uh, or we hear another YouTuber, another podcast mention something or find some cool nugget, man, that's awesome. Like we, we all kind of celebrate that and we think it's freaking sick and we want to learn more about it. And it just elevates the story and it makes the story that much greater and that much better. So that's why we're in it. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very, very well said. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, okay. So anything else uh, for this week? No, I think that's it. Um, you know, again, uh, so we'll, we're we going to get to that. Uh, I think we're doing Tom and next. We're going to do a YouTube mm-hmm. uh, video there. And again, thanks to everybody who has subscribed, by the way. It's been awesome. Even if, even if you're not interested in some of the winds of, we- uh, winds of winter, you know, speculation and theories, uh, just subscribing is a huge help to us because we are trying to get to, you know, a thousand subscribers over there so we can kind of um, do some more fun stuff and do some live videos and do some interaction uh, with you guys in in the chats. So yeah, that, that's just kind of cool. And if you have a chance to go do that, check that out. But we'll be coming out with the Tommen uh, video and sort of speculating his arc into Winds of Winter. Mm-hmm. And then we will have extended edition uh, today where I think, you know what, as I think maybe we'll just dive a little, just a, a brief, kind of brief synopsis here on your kind of uh, Sorella Sand. Yeah, Rainies. Rainies, sure. Rainy, well, Rainy's just uh, let's talk just a little bit about that, so we can okay. we can dive into, into into some of that for our extended edition. So, all right, guys. Well, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. Our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 18, Sansa 2 of A Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that the night is dark and full of terrors. <laughs>